0: Thank you for that song. That song always brings back memories of me and my mom sitting around piano singing that song when I was a little bit littler than I am now. And uh, so that song means a lot to me. Appreciate them singing it. Mark chapter 2 tonight. Mark chapter 2. Pastors at camp trying to get things right with the Lord. So let's pray for him and uh, uh, pray for the campers. We already had one saved. Uh, That's a good thing. And uh, it's one of our visitors that came from uh, the six, uh, the three-on-three basketball tournament. So he was a visitor. Got saved already. So that's good. Uh, so keep praying for them. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So today, today, tonight, it's today and tonight. So whichever one you want to go with, there. I usually say in the morning. You know, this morning I'm gonna. It's like it's already night. But in Mark chapter two, Mark chapter two, very familiar passage of scripture tonight. Uh, of course, there's nothing new under the sun. We know that. But Mark chapter two, we're gonna look at the first twelve verses. Mark chapter 2, and we're going to talk about the subject of getting to Jesus. Getting to Jesus. And it says, and again, he entered into Capernaum. Now, the reason it's saying, and again, he's entering into Capernaum, because in chapter 1, he was already there. Uh, matter of fact, you go over uh, to chapter 1, and it, it just talks about uh, in there, it talks about Jesus coming to Capernaum. Uh, there's a demon possessed man there, he casts out, and then uh, Peter's mother in law. Uh, heals her. Uh, That's a real miracle uh, in itself. Peter was married, by the way. Uh, You've heard this a thousand times. Why in the world would you want a mother-in-law without a wife, right? Some of y'all have to write that down and look at that later, all right? Uh, But you see that he's already there. Matter of fact, it says all the town, they were there at Peter's house, and they had surrounded the door even there in chapter 1. But as we get in chapter 2, it happens again. He goes away for a short time, And he comes back and it says that uh, he, and again, he entered into Capernaum. And after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Uh, Now, we believe this to be Peter's house again. We're not definite, but it seems like it fits because in chapter one, he was at Peter's house. Uh, He comes back to the same place. It almost kind of seems like he would be in the same uh, house. It may not be, but that's what we're going to go with. And it says, straight where many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not as, uh, no so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Jesus is preaching. Could you imagine being in that service? Hearing the Lord Jesus Christ preach? Uh, You know, I mean, what would that be like to hear the Lord Jesus Christ preach about himself? Wow, isn't that amazing? And it says, And they come uh, unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come, nigh unto him for the press they uncovered the roof where he was and when they had broken it up they laid let him down uh, down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay and just kind of pause there when you think of when we think of a bed we're thinking of sealy and posturpedic and all those other ones all right uh, a bed in these times would have been basically what you would see uh, maybe even a homeless person use today it was a rolled up mat so to speak it was a cloth it wasn't uh, you know, like a spongy mat, but they would roll it up during the day because these houses were pretty small. Uh, most of them were only just one room. Maybe uh, if you were a little fancier, you had maybe a one bedroom in there. But what would happen at night is that everybody would uh, unroll their mat, and they would that's where you would lay. That's where you would go to sleep. Uh, houses wasn't made to live in. They were made to sleep in. When we went back to Florida here, we went uh, through Florida on our way back, we, we were talking about this very thing. When we go back to Florida... Uh, most houses around our area are about a quarter of the size of what houses are here in Texas. And I told Diane even her, where she used to live in places like that, you know, maybe a 1,000 square foot at the biggest is the biggest house we have around our area. and But I thought about it. I said, you know, when I was little, I didn't live inside that house. I slept inside that house. Anybody else like that? Are you okay tonight? Everybody all right? Should y'all have been in FPU learning about... Uh, Finances. I told Brother Hogan, to make sure he goes over there and takes up an offering. They want to get out of debt, need to give to the Lord. So anyway, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a tough crowd. I'm glad I'm not a comedian. Verse 4 says, that they broke it up and they let him down in his bed. Okay, So here, as you can see, this, this uh, cloth material, they're letting him down in front of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice in verse 5, it says, and when Jesus saw whose faith? He saw their faith, five people's faith, or at least four, but five people are involved in this. It says that when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven of thee. And of course, time Jesus is somewhere, guess who else is going to be there? The naysayers, right? And notice what the verse 6 says. And when there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doeth this man thus speak blasphemes? Who can forgive sins but God only? I love this next verse. Sometimes we skip over it, but it's, it's a great verse. Verse 8 says, And immediately when Jesus perceived in His Spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, He said unto them, By the way, as soon as He would have said this to them, they should have went, This must be the Son of God. Because He, he read their mind. He read their heart. Without them verbally saying, He said, Why are you reasoning these things in your heart? <laughs> what? Huh? I would hate to know you read me sometimes. Hello? Michael, why why are you saying those things about me right now? Uh, I'm glad you can't see it sometime. But notice what it says in verse 9. Whether it is easier to say the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven, or to say arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of God hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way in thy house. I love this word. By the way, physical therapists would have been out of business during the days of Jesus. I love it, it says and immediately <laughs> he arose and took up the bed and went forth unto all them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, "We never saw it on this wise. I, I just I beg God every, every time we step into this door that we walk out of here saying, "I never saw it on this wise." So many times we come to church with no expectation. so many times we come to church. Waiting for that clock to hit 8 o'clock or 12 o'clock or 6, 7 o'clock, whatever it may be. Not expecting God to do anything. But I'm going to tell you what, he was expecting God to do something. Those four guys were expecting God to do something. So tonight we're going to talk about that subject of getting to Jesus after we pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the night. God, thank you for your blessings upon us this week. And Lord, I thank you for the ones saved already at camp this week. And Lord, we just pray that you continue to deal with those souls and those lives and those hearts. But God, Lord, you're here tonight with us also. And Lord, we beg you for your power and, Lord, a moving of your Holy Spirit tonight. Father, I totally yield myself to you, to your will, to your Holy Spirit tonight. God, I just pray that for the next few moments that you would speak to your people, and God, in every need that they have you to supply. Lord, I just pray every question they have you would have an answer. Lord, we ask you to bless your word now in the reading of it. In Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are in Capernaum. Capernaum was a small town on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. If you had Capernaum and Bethsaida over here, uh, I would say that Capernaum would be about the size of Hazard. There was, uh, they, they say, of course, they don't know exactly, but there was around 1,500 people that lived uh, in uh, the town of Capernaum itself. It was basically uh, kind of like a trading post type place where fishermen lived. We know that Matthew was called from Capernaum. Uh, we know that Simon Peter and them lived there. Uh, it was a fisherman town, a trade town. Uh, We see also that Capernaum was one of those towns that uh, Jesus frequented, that he went there and did many miracles, and uh, we see that down through the scripture. But also, we know that in the end, Jesus really cursed Capernaum because they did not turn to him completely. He gave them chance after chance after chance, and yet they did not turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. In chapter 33, in chapter uh, 1 and verse 33, I want you to look back at chapter 1 and verse 33, and I want you to notice something here. It says in verse 33, and all the city was gathered together at the door. So if you could imagine this small house, uh, we really don't know. They found some remnants of houses. We do know that there was a synagogue there. The remnants of that is still there at this time. Uh, They have archaeological uh, diggings and things like that, have found uh, houses and things like that, parts of it. But we know that these houses would not have held 1,500 people. Uh, this auditorium would not hold 1,500 people. So could you imagine the house being full, and outside the house, all of these people all over the landscape. We don't know how many people were there, but we know that there, the whole town was there. That's what the Scripture says, that all of the city was there. They're all there. Why? Because Jesus was healing, and Jesus was taking people who had uh, diseases, and he had they had problems in their life, and He was healing them immediately. By the way, we know that most of them were there for the show. That's why most people go to church on Sunday. Just there for the show. But I want to say that I believe that there was was some people there because they, uh, and we'll get into this here in a little bit, is because they had something wrong in their life and they knew one who could fix it. We see that also in the scripture that uh, it talks about the roof. Now, roofs in these days were not like the roofs that we have today. If you're from the north roof, how y'all say it from the north? I can't even say it. Woof's, woof's. Roof, roof, there it is. Roof is like a dog. Uh, But if you got up on a roof, it would have been, there was basically two types of roofs in that day, if you kind of study that. Uh, They would lay beams across there, and they would take uh, basically branches and lay those on top and they would begin to lay a slime down, a, a clay slime down. And that, uh, matter of fact, they have recovered uh, some rollers, stone rollers, that they would have been used on top of these roofs. Every year, they said, uh, before the rainy season came in, they'd get up there and they would repitch it. They would recover it. And they would take these rollers, these stone rollers, you have to look it up, is amazing. And they would roll these roofs to pack that clay down. But also we know that the second type, and and this roof was probably a mixture of both because uh, we see over in Luke chapter 5 in this, it talks about the tiling. It talks about the tiles. And some of the roofs were made of the clay tiles during that day. They would overlap them uh, and they would have a slight pitch on them. But we all know that uh, back in this day that they would use their upper roof of their homes as kind of like a patio. Like we would use a patio today. They would go up there and sit during the day uh, and do different things. Their clothes would be hung up, uh, usually on the top of the roofs and things like that. A lot of their living was done on top of the roofs. So there was a stairwell, usually, or a ladder that would have went up to the top of this home. You say, why is that important? Because I want you to get this picture. Here's a man that's sick of the palsy. Now that word palsy means he was paralyzed. He had some kind of a paralyzation. He was, uh, something wasn't working. In other words, where he could not go himself. He was going to be relying upon these four men, and thank God for friends, by the way, uh, that took him. So if you can get this picture, the house is full. Jesus is in the midst of this house. He's preaching unto these people. He's uh, he's there in the midst of the house, the Bible says, and it was noise abroad, so people are coming in. Uh, and, and these four men come bringing this man of the palsy. By the way, what teamwork? You ever try to get four guys to carry something? It's hard. We were trying to carry it, two of us were trying to carry a sheep ply with the other day, and we couldn't even hardly do that. But can you? Here they are. They're bringing this man, but they're going to have to go up on the roof. Now, when they these roofs, a lot of times were not high as we have roofs here, uh, but they had to go up these stairs. But also, the Bible says uh, that when they got there in verse four, it says they uncovered the roof. Sometimes after they put the clay down and they would pat it down, they would put brush over it they would, to keep the sun from beating down on it and the rain and all that. So they would uncover it. But then the next thing says they broke it up. So in other words, they had to bust this roof up. They had to remove the tiling or, or the clay from it. Now, could you imagine being inside the house? You ever? Uh, I, I'll tell you a funny story. We were in the back working on. Huh, this has happened a couple of times. Uh, we were in the back working on the bathrooms, and Brother Ladder was up top. All of a sudden, Brother Ladder was not up top; he was down below. But you could you could see the sheetrock go. You could see the dust start falling, and and you go, "You're not on a rafter. It's too late, right?" And here comes. He did that twice, by the way. I just want to let y'all know that I patched that roof twice back there. Um, finally, we're just if he falls through again, we're going to leave a sky uh, uh, light in there. But, but as you think about this being in there and, and all of a sudden these particles are falling and, and the roof opens up and now you're seeing the, the night sky and, and here comes this guy down. What a scene that would have been. I, I want you to think about something about getting to Jesus. Number one, I want you to think about this. The reason he was trying to get to Jesus is found in verse 3. The reason you got to have a reason when you come to Jesus, and and I, I want us to look at verse three again. It says, "And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy." There you go. He 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 had no other hope other than to get to Jesus. The need that he had was great, and and by the way, we all have needs. We all have a need. We, we either need need a fellowship with God or we have a, a mental need or a physical need or a spiritual need. Whatever the need is, we all have those needs in our life. And the reason that he was trying to get to Jesus was because he had a need. This is, this is deep. If you don't have a reason to get to Jesus, you won't go to Jesus. You see, the problem with most people is that they wait until they have a big problem. By the way, Jesus will still let you come, right? God, Jesus is, is still a 911. But also, he, he is a rehab facility. He is a, a, a pre-facility of, uh, of care for us. And, and too many times that... Uh, matter of fact, I was taking this day, I told my wife I've been having a horrible toothache. And uh, uh, of course, I've been taking a leave like crazy. And it dawned on me. I've not prayed about this one time. I'm not lying, I prayed about it right after lunch and my tooth had not hurt since. And I was thinking, why didn't I go to Jesus first? I think He's, 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 he's concerned about a toothache just as well as He is about anything. The problem is, is that I, I just didn't go to Him because I didn't see the need like I should have. Too many times we come to church thinking that we have no need of nothing and we miss Jesus in the service. Listen, I would stay home before i come to church and not expect Jesus to be here. I, I, I Listen, we, so many times, I was going to preach this, sir. I may have told you this before, but I wrote it down and I never did work on it, but make church expensive again. You say, what does that mean? Because things that we consider expensive, more value. And see, I, I think that's why everybody ought to have a ministry in the church because the more you invest in it, the more you'll want to come. And whether it's just, if you're part of the mission program, whether you're part of Sunday school, whatever part, you want to have a part in it. Why? Because the more you invest in something, the more value you see in it. And, and let me encourage you, is that don't be a spectator. Realize that, that when you come on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Sunday school and revivals and missions conferences and Bible conferences and stewardship conferences, that we all have a need. Sometimes the problem with me, I'll just point it myself, is that I know I have a need and I just try to overlook it. I know sometimes in my life when I step away. And I need to recognize that immediately and see that I have need and come and say, Lord, I have a need tonight. By the way, He's a God who will fulfill every need. Even David said, I am poor and needy. And, and, and he, he cried out to the Lord asking him to be with him. And guess what God did? He did it. We see that uh, the reason why he came was because he had a need. Number two, I want you to notice the resistance he faced trying to get to Jesus. Nothing's ever easy, is it? Hello? Amen, Brother Wiggins. That is your spot on there, buddy. <laughs> Apparently all of y'all are, never have any problems. How many of you would agree with this? You never face resistance until Sunday morning. Somebody say amen. Go ahead. If you have kids, it's a double amen, right? I don't know. Why is it? Why is it that when you try to sit down and read your Bible and pray, resistance? You know why? Because the flesh doesn't like it. The devil doesn't like it and there's going to be resistance. And you say, well, what's the resistance of this man? Well, he had a few resistance. Number one, he couldn't get there by himself. He was was paralyzed. He was lame on his feet. He could not physically get to Jesus. He had to have help to get from point A to point B. And and listen, we all have resistance in our life. What do you say the second one is? Well, the crowd was the second resistance that he faced. The Bible tells us there verse 4 is that he could not, for the press of the crowd, the, the crowd was surrounding this house. They couldn't carry that bed and go in there. You know what happens? I'm going to say me. I'm going to quit saying anybody else. Michael Wiggins is the worst about when I hit a little resistance, I'm like, well, I'm done. Anybody else that way? Just just, just hit your husband or something. You know, I, in my life, I, I've, that's something I've had to overcome time and time again. You know, and I've tried to do something for the Lord, and it just seems like it just hit resistance. I'm like, well, that didn't work out. It, our famous, who I, I'm fixing to get me right here, you know what my famous statement is? Well, that must not have been the will of God. You ever say that? And, and you know, God has burned your heart over something and you step out to do it and, and you step out there to, to, to get it started and you hit a little resistance. You go, well, that wasn't the will of God. I'm going back to my couch because that was. Right? Right? But, but listen, here, here's the third thing is that they, they, they said, well, okay, let's go up on the roof and, and we'll let him down. But when they got up there, they realized they, they still got another resistant. What is it? It's that roof. They, they, they gotta break it up. Listen, so many times we quit. So many times when, when things get hard, we just quit. And, and listen, I'm number one on that list. And, and when I face a little bit of resistance, I'm like, eh. I don't like resistance. I don't like, we, we always say, you know, kickback. I don't like that. But I don't believe Jesus made this life easy for one reason. So we would trust Him. Listen, if I woke up every morning and did not have any problem praying and, and reading my Bible, I'd be spoiled rotten. But I realized very quickly whenever I open my eyes, and, and usually I, I click on my phone, don't judge me, and I bring up my scripture of the day, you know, Old sleepyhead comes right back, doesn't he? I I found myself reading my Bible. I have my Bible in the living room also. I found myself reading my Bible in the living room sometimes, praying, sleeping. I have the problem that the disciples had, remember? He left them, said, I'm going to go yonder and pray. Came back, found them sleeping three times. So I know I'm not the only one that has problems with sleeping when you should be praying. It, the disciples that what with Jesus have problems. Listen, when we face resistance, what do we do? We keep going and we keep going until God says no. Look, what stands between you and Jesus, sometimes we allow to stop us in our tracks. Well, I don't guess God wanted us to go to church today. I've actually heard that, and I hope it wasn't from some of y'all. If it was, shame on you. Uh, shame on me, too. But, well, we were driving to church. I guess the Lord didn't want us to go because the kids weren't ready. I don't think that's a good excuse. Do you? I think we have to overcome those resistance. Sometimes you've got to break things up that get between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's sin in our life. Sometimes it's the hindrances in our life and the things that cause us a little resistance. Listen, we must be determined. We must be determined to get to Jesus I wrote this down, I believe it's it's true. How bad the need reveals the determination. How bad the need you have reveals the determination. In other words, if I hurt my finger, I'm not really concerned about it. But if I have a loved one that's on the verge of death, I will do what I can to get to the Lord. But listen, I I ought to be that determined with everything said this the other day and I, it's so true uh, just like cattle wear a, a trail in a in a field they go the same path all the time we ought to wear a path between us and the lord going to him on the behalf of others and offering petitions uh, on the behalf of others you see there's in chapter five of mark you don't have to turn there but just write that down chapter five we see two different people we see jairus remember jairus uh, his daughter was dead, and uh, he was a ruler in the synagogue there, and he besought the Lord. He, there was a crowd there also that was following. He pressed through the crowd and, and finally got Jesus' attention, and, and he said, uh, Father, my, my daughter is home, and she is like sick, dead. And Jesus, of course, went and, and, and he healed her. But also the, the next story underneath that is a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. Twelve years, the Bible says that she had spent all that she had been to every physician. Listen, that's us sometimes. Sometimes we go to every physician, we we spend all of our money instead of going to the very source of healing. Now, does God use doctors and things like that? Sure, He does. But we should go to Him first. And so many times. We we work out in the mornings at a gym, and the guy that runs the gym is a Christian guy. And uh, he's one of those fanatics. He actually loves Jesus. I don't like those people. I'm just kidding. But I'm telling you what, he gets me all the time. I quit saying anything hurts. Because he'll, he'll he'll let's pray. And he, I mean, he, he just one day when we first started going, working out, I got a little lightheaded. If you can imagine. And my head started hurting, so I went and sat down. He come over there and said, what's wrong? I said, man, my head is hurting. He said, well, did you pray about it? Uh, no, I hadn't had time. That's what I told him. He said, well, we got time right now. And He laid his hand on my head and he prayed for me. My headache went away. I'm not even lying. You know how big I felt? He's not a preacher. I felt about that high. Why is it that we don't go to the Lord with everything in our lives? I think about me, and I'm I'm confessing my faults tonight. It's not like I got to go run to a synagogue somewhere and pray. It's I could stop dead in my tracks right now and and say, God, would you be with me, Lord? Hey, I got a toothache, Lord. And you think, well, I shouldn't bother him with that. No, listen, he wants to hear about everything. You say, I've got a headache. I've got a migraine. Hey, listen, I've got cancer. I've got sickness unto death. He'll answer those prayers according to his will. Remember when I was a kid... Boy, you, you you ever had sickness around our house? You didn't mention it because you were getting some. Casserole was for air. I don't know. I had, Mom put it in my ear, my eyes, my nose. I mean, she 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 thought it was the uh, the anointing oil. She slatted, she'd heat it up. I remember ha- I used to have bad earaches as a child, and I remember I'd say, Mom, my ear's hurt, you know, I, and then it don't. I mean, I'm just it just went away. She'd be I'd be right back. She'd be in there on that little pan and heating that. Uh, that oil up and put had a little dropper and drop that hot oil in there. I think she did more damage. That's probably why I, my and then stuff that little cotton ball in there, right? But I was thinking, you know what? If every time something happened in my life I'd cry to mama, wouldn't I? Fall down, mama. Why? Because you knew Mom would come and hug you. Daddy would just say, Get up. But Jesus cares, doesn't he? We have a need and we must we're going to face resistance. Let me, let me give you the last thing I'm done tonight. The last thing we see the results of getting to Jesus. I love this. Verse 11 and 12. The results of getting to Jesus. I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way in thy house. And immediately he arose and took, took up the bed and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified. God, saying we never saw it on this fashion. Listen, when you get to Jesus, He can do some amazing things in your life. He can do amazing things not only in your life, but He can do amazing things in other people's lives. Uh, Notice that these four men brought this man sick of the palsy to the Lord, and he saw their faith. That's why it's important to pray one for another. Because God sees our faith and can work on the behalf of, of another person. Isn't that amazing? Just because of my faith, God can do something in your life. You say, how do you believe that? I believe God can save my father because of me praying for him. I believe, now my, I understand by faith my dad had to get saved, but I believe God to give him that faith and give him that chance, that opportunity in his life. The results of getting to Jesus, number one is this man was healed of the palsy. God didn't mess around, did he? I'm glad God didn't say, well, in six months, you're going to feel the pain go away. And in a year, you're going to be able to get up and walk. He said, get up. Take up thy bed and go. And immediately he went. I thought about this. I thought this was pretty cool. Number two, re- the results of getting to Jesus. His friends now had a friend they didn't have to carry. What a burden lifted off of these guys. Now, we don't know this guy's name. Let's call him Jim. Probably not his name. Can you imagine the four friends going around? Oh, we got to go get Jim today. They're back there stretching, you know. All right, let's go get him. We're carrying him back to the synagogue again so he can beg. But could you imagine the four friends looking down? I, I, I try to picture things in my mind. The four friends up in the roof going, he's down there. Jesus is talking to him. Oh, he just got up. Here he goes out the door. You notice he didn't go back out the roof. You know why I know that? Because it said he showed himself to all. Verse 12 says he was before them all. He walked out of the room carrying his bed. You know why I think everybody knew that was him? Because he was the only one there carrying his bed. <laughs> the rest of them probably didn't have their bed with them. Here he is, he's got his rolled up mat with him going, Praise the Lord! He's going, Woo! I bet he didn't even have a pair of shoes. He probably walking barefooted. Never need a pair of shoes. And here he comes walking out, and all the people see him. And the Bible says, and they begin to do what? They were all amazed, and they glorified God. I'm telling you what, when you get to Jesus, the results of that is not only what God will do for you, but what he'll do for others. You see, it's a great testimony when God does something in your life, because it reveals that God is still working. Listen, I I would not dare want to put up here on the screen which my wife has plenty of video of my old life but if you could see what i once was and what i am now you would know there's a god you would know that there is a god who can heal and change people's lives when you have a need and you overcome the resistance you will see what god can do in your life you just got to get to jesus Listen, what resistance have you faced just this week? Maybe even coming here tonight. We used to have, when our kids were small, kids never wanted to go to the restroom or have an accident until Sunday mornings. Your clothes never wanted to fail until Sunday morning. Is that not true? I don't know how many times we used to have to go back to the house. We'd have to usually go drop some off and I've got to go back to the house. Something happened, you know? And... But you know what? You just keep going. And in life, you're going to face those resistant moments. Um, By the way, I I realize this now that I've gone back to working out. It's not really doing anything. But in order for me to grow physically, I have to have resistance. You ever use those resistant bands? I've gotten slapped in the face with those so many times. Those things are dangerous, people. Those in the... We use the um, jump ropes, those things are dangerous too. And, uh, and but you, you need resistance, and to grow as a Christian, sometimes you need resistance. Because if you don't have resistance, you'll just you'll get lackadaisical in your Christian life, and you'll quit trusting in Him. Tonight, what's your resistance? Well, you can't overcome those things. You just need to get to Jesus. Let's stand tonight, heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, we love You. Thank you for the night, God. Thank You for Your blessings, and Father, tonight, I don't know. Who was here tonight that needed this but Lord I know I sure did and God I thank you for your scripture that is it's not dead it's alive and Lord it can pierce our hearts and Lord it can change our lives thank you for the Holy Spirit Lord I just ask tonight that Lord for this time that you would just uh, do a work in our life in this time of invitation Lord maybe some people are facing resistance maybe some haven't seen the reason to go to Jesus. Maybe they've not seen the needs in their life that they have. And Lord, I pray you'd meet every one of them. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see the results of that. Lord, that not only you'll do things in our life, but you'll do things in other people's lives. Lord, because of the testimony that you have given us. Lord, we thank you. I ask you to bless this time of invitation now. In Jesus' name. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlet.org.